0: I'm Leanne Tran, psychologist who's worked with families whose kids don't fit the mould for almost 20 years. I've worked with children for decades, but I know parents are the real change makers when it comes to their kids. Having three kids of my own means I know it's not easy. Parent Like a Psychologist is all about simplifying how you support your kids with psychology information filtered through years of experience to take you from overwhelmed to confident come on in hi welcome to the parent like a psychologist podcast thank you for joining me again um I've got another episode related to a book today I feel like I could even start a book club <laughs> but I'm not sure how many other parents out there read parenting and child development and self-help books for fun uh, if If it's you, let me know, um, because we should probably be friends. (laughs) Um, This one today is called Raising Human Beings. And this book is about creating a collaborative partnership with your child. Um, It's by somebody called Ross Green, somebody. He's he's very famous and well-known, Ross Green, And has written a lot of books in his time. So some of them are The Explosive Child. Um, That's one that I've read before and you've probably heard of as well. Um, I'm trying to think if there's a little bit of a bio about Ross probably. Yeah. So he has a PhD. Not sure if um, psychology or something else Uh, Probably not, maybe psychiatrist because he served on the faculty at Harvard Medical School for over 20 years, lectures a lot throughout the world and that kind of thing. Oh, interesting. And consults to places like schools, uh, general schools, special education schools, uh, mental health facilities and, and residential facilities and that kind of stuff. So he does a lot, a lot of work. Um, with lots of lots of children. Ross Green is also and um, been mentioned quite a lot lately in the um, psychology world so with, for psychologists because he's done a lot of training on um, collaborative partnerships and creating them um, come to Australia and done some tours and that kind of thing and, and that idea is what this book is all about so it's really timely to be um talking about it what the book goes to, so I'm in, I've done a series uh, sorry episode recently about hold on to your kids and I mentioned how it was a book that was um, felt like reading a textbook and well I listened to it but it still felt like a bit of a slog this book is not like that this book was really really easy to read and um, interesting I have got the hard copy and I did listen to audio book as well because I find that's when I get most of my reading done. Um, It's really, I think, easy to understand, but also Ross Green includes lots of examples in the book. So examples about, well, I'll get to that in a little bit, but it's really easy to understand. So, He talks about creating a collaborative partnership with your child. That is really big word language for joint problem solving. Um, I talked a little bit in the previous episode when I talked about hold on to your kids about how it's That was a book with an attachment-based focus, and so is this one as well. So I want to explain, again, that idea of attachment um, just briefly. Um, Attachment is that relationship we have with our kids that lets them know that they are safe in the world. And if we use the circle of security model to understand it, it's about having this really safe base that... um, which is our relationship with our kids being there for them and protecting them um and when they were little they were always in that little safe haven having nappies changed being burnt, all of that kind of thing where they didn't have to do anything of, for themselves and then as kids grow they 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 move out of that little safe zone and they start to explore the world and that's really healthy they need to do that to learn to develop and to eventually work their way through maturity to independence eventually kids need to come back to have their needs met and come back and be reassured and be in that safety space with us as well the um the book hold on to your kids which was um I talked about a while ago on the podcast is about how to help if they've kind of gone out and just you know Forgotten or not come back to, to try to connect with you as a parent again. They're kind of focused more on their peers and and that kind of thing rather than you being the person who can guide them anymore. Raising human beings looks at a different part of that um, attachment circle. It's looking at um, I guess, difficulties between parents and kids where you're trying to manage that bit of them being independent and what it can commonly be and in the book i think it's um highlights that there's a bit of friction between kids doing what they're told to do and wanting independence also so again it's the about the relationship we have with our kids which means it's not one person's problem or the other person's problem it's just that interaction or the, you know, I don't know what's the best word to to explain it, but that um, process of what's happening between people that's just not quite working out right. And so the book talks about how there is sometimes um, an approach parents take of being authoritarian, which means laying down the law, And expecting kids to fall in line. Um, I automatically thought of the family in The Sound of Music when dad had the whistle out and the kids all had to present for, like, you know, in a line for inspection. That's what I think when I think authoritarian parents. Sometimes parents follow a permissive kind of path as well, which is really letting most things go and letting the child choose everything. And um, that's another thing that can be difficult for kids. And often psychologists talk about striving for a balance in the middle, which we call authoritative, where you're not just trying to lay down the law and, you know, my way or the highway, but you're also not letting kids rule everything. You're trying to find a balance between the two. That can be super hard. Um, and especially if you're trying to do that and it, in a way that was, is different to how you were parented as well. And I think this book gives a really great, um, method for you to be able to follow, um, if that's what you're wanting to do. I had a note there about some of the key messages, um, from the book. So I think actually I'll tell you why I thought the examples were good too. So Um, Ross Green talks about how if, you know, there's nothing really, there's not a lot of research out there that says that parenting one way versus the other makes any kind of predictable difference in how kids end up. Um, That's not what Ross Green says. That's just what we know about parenting. But in this book, Ross Green's talking about how sometimes we'll have typical approaches that we use. And if they're the one, you know, if your child's having trouble with this and you're constantly having that fight about, you know, they're saying, you know, you baby me. And it's like, well, you're irresponsible and that kind of thing. It means that you've probably got this go-to typical approach that, and he refers to that as plan A. So whatever it is, that's your normal way of doing it. Plan A is just not quite working. And so then he talks about how, there's a plan B and that's this more collaborative approach and and joint problem-solving approach with kids. So um, I'll go into detail about what the steps are for that um, because I think it's really, really helpful. There's not many. Um, The first step he says is called the empathy step. There's three steps. First one, empathy step. So children are to be heard and understood. So really, I think if you're going to sit down and solve a problem with your kid, listening to them so that you fully, truly understand not only how they feel, but what they're experiencing, what their view of the problem is, um that's that's the first step. You have to really be open to hearing their point of view because you know, unless like, you know, sometimes I don't know if you've heard that phrase that the biggest part of solving a problem is defining what the problem is. Um, Listening to it from their point of view is the only way that you're going to get an effective solution. The next um, part is the define adults adult concerns step. (laughs) So, it means that you've before you start to tell them what you're worried about, you've got to listen to their point of view first um and so then defining adult concerns is talking to them in a really kind of factual way just about what your concerns are. I'm gonna give you an example after this to um help you understand it a little bit better um and then after that, there is. step of the invitation step so that's about collaborating on solutions so first it's empathy understanding from what your child's experiencing then you um, let them know your concerns so defining your adult or parent concerns and then inviting them to um, do some joint problem solving together An example I can think of um, maybe is about, you know, homework. Maybe that's a a simple thing. But if your child's not doing their math homework, for example, um, sometimes our plan A or our typical approach might be to just say what automatically comes out, which might be like, you know, it's important to do your maths. You've got to do it. Just do it as soon as you get home from school and then it's done and you can relax. Like, And then your child's just, like, not really given an opportunity to say anything in that versus this collaborative approach might be more along the lines of saying the empathy step. One, I've noticed that you've got, you haven't been doing your maths homework, like the teacher's written a note. I know that it's an issue can you tell me about that help me understand what's happening there? And so your child has a chance to ask about, or, you know, to talk about their feelings about it and maybe some of the challenges if they, you know, it's hard or whatever. Then the defined adult concern step might be you laying out why you're worried. So, for example, um, as a parent, I want to make learning easy for you and my worry is if the homework isn't done then it's hard for you to learn the next parts of the curriculum or to build on that for next year Um, or I worry that your your grades you might not pass maths and then the invitation step so it's then asking your kids to so you know you summarize what they've said you summarize your concerns would you be you know can we kind of work on this to to find a win-win solution that's an in- little example about how you would use that it's not exactly the words and the book will go through all of the words to use um but that kind of gives you a summary of of how to do the process i mentioned before that the book is great because um it gives good examples. And this is the extent of the examples it gives. It's pretty good. So we'll talk about common issues. And for Ross Green, he's given some examples of families um, he's worked with and what their challenges was were and how they came through this. But he also puts together some scripts um, for what to say. So as an example, the empathy set step. He's got, here are some examples of what you could say. Like, I've noticed that it's been difficult for you to eat breakfast before school. What's up? He uses what's up a lot. Um, so it's like a, an open question. don't know if we use that as Australians, but well, that's okay. Um, or I've, for older kids, I've noticed it, that it's been hard for you to let us know who you're with and where you're at. What's up with that? What I like the best is that then, you know, so there's some ideas of how you could phrase it, but then he goes through the possibilities because we don't know how our kids are going to react. So in the book, there's the possibility number one, that your child says something um, and some ideas about how that might go and what you might say. But then there's, um, where is it? Gosh, that's a long one. Yeah, possibility two, your child says nothing or says, I don't know. Um and sometimes in these books, you know, you read it and you think, oh, that's great. And you try it and it just doesn't go to plan and you don't know what to do next. But so this gives you then some ideas about what to say if your child says nothing or if they say they don't know. And then it goes through possibility three, where they say, I don't have a problem with that. And they deny there's an issue. Or well, possibility four is that they say, I don't want to talk about it right now. Possibility five, your child becomes defensive and says something like, I don't have to talk to you. And then in brackets, "or worse. Um, so I like that it's real. That's what I mean by being really practical and easy to understand. And so it's talking about the possibilities that might happen, um, but at the same time is going through what um, are some you know, it gives you actually some practical examples of what you might say to handle those situations. So I think it's a great book. I'd really recommend reading it or listening to it as well. So some of the things or messages that really stood out um, for me was that the the I guess I've these four poignant bits that made me kind of get my highlighter out. The first one was that sometimes getting your child to do the right thing involves more listening than lessening, spelt like lesson, school lesson. Um, And that's really key, I think, because we can fall into the trap of thinking we know the answers, but listening and really understanding the problem from our child's point of view is a really key step. Another thing um, that I highlighted was parents often try to solve problems by doing something to a kid. And Ross Green talks about how it can be so much more effective to pro- try to solve a problem with your child. And I think that's true. Um, no matter the age, we often think that we'll just put something in place and it doesn't work. It's, you get much better buy-in if a child's also on board. Um, another key one, which is one I've been saying to parents for, you know, longer than I care to admit because it will show my age, but is the time parents often try to fix problems is when they're happening. The in This is the heat of the moment when everybody's upset. Nobody thinks clearly then. So it's kind of the worst time um, to be trying to solve problems. Life is busy. And so sometimes, you know, it's hard to come, remember to come back to problems or you think just deal with it now. But um, if kids are upset and they're, you know, activated, they're not calm, it's not the best time. And the third thing, oh, sorry, fourth thing is work on up to three unsolved problems at a time. Any more is too much for kids. So um, in the book, this collaborative partnership, they're talking about, um, oh, sorry, he, Ross Green's, talking about... um, Doing this process of trying to collaborate and solve a problem, for example, the homework situation I gave, and so saying that three things is enough at a time, I think he's absolutely right. I think you might even need to reduce the number if if your child's neurodivergent or you're neurodivergent or if you've got more than one child. I think imagine that you have three kids and they're each working on three problems. That's you as a parent trying to deal with six things you're trying to change. It's too many. Um, so one at a time or, or, you know, as many as is reasonable, I think is sometimes we just over estimate as parents how much we can do, but we also just, we it's from the place of love, the best intentions that we want to do a lot of things to help. But It's just too much for kids, but also for us. So maybe one thing at a time um, or just a little more than that is fantastic. Imagine if you did that for, you know, each year you're focusing on, you know, making one bit of life smoother for your family. You would actually be doing really well. So I think it's an important um, message for us to hear. So in summary, I'd really recommend the book. Um, I enjoyed it. I've got things highlighted and sticky notes in there. So um, yeah, I think you'll be hearing more about this collaborative approach with families too, because it's a thing that lots of um, professional development's being done on at the moment. Um, So, you know, that's, if you can go and read the book and make your own Um, little highlighted bits and sticky notes of what you think resonates with you. That's something that you can do in the meantime if you're waiting to see uh, a psychologist or an OT or if you're thinking that, you know, you have the capacity to help your own child without needing that. So um, go for it. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did and let me know what you think if you buy the book and I'd love to hear your perspective. So, thanks so much for joining me again. I will look forward to um, yeah, meeting with you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Parent Like a Psychologist. If you found it helpful, please share on Instagram so other parents can benefit too and tag me at Leanne Tran Psychology so that I can say a big thank you. Head over to leantran.com.au to join the village for bite-sized psychology tips straight to your inbox. I really hope this podcast has brought a new perspective and you a step closer towards a calm parent and a thriving child. Have a delightful day.